Hi, everybody. So I'm really, really excited to be here today. This is the day after Christmas, and we are going to have so much fun. We are doing the ultimate nerd battle. We are going to decide uh, between Star Wars and Star Trek, the movies today. We're going to hash it out, and it's going to be really, really fun. And I'm joined here by my friends Josh and Sean. And uh, if you want to introduce yourself, starting with Sh Sean, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, my name is Sean. I love both Star Wars and Star Trek. I guess you can tell if you look at, over my shoulders the decorations I have in the room. But yeah, I've got a channel on YouTube where I talk about movies and TV and Star Wars and Star Trek come up quite often. Yeah. Josh? Uh, hi, I'm Josh from thelovepirate.net. Uh, I'm a lifelong Star Wars and Star Trek fan. Uh, grew up watching Next Generation with my dad and grew up watching the Star Wars movies and Big fan of both, and it's, it's been a constant struggle between the two in my life. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me. This is going to be a lot of fun. I have the chat room open, so if anybody wants to pipe in your uh, your favorites or who you would pick. So what we're doing is I have divided. There's obviously more Star Trek movies. There's 13, I believe, Star Trek movies, and there are Star and, and there's only eight Star Wars movies. So I I tried to pick and match up a Star Wars movie with the Star Trek movie I thought fit the best. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go over these pairings and we are going to each pick which one we would choose. And since there's three of us, there'll be a winner uh, for the matchup, I guess you'd say. And I guess in the end, the one that wins the most matches is will, crown the, uh, will be crowned the victor in the nerd battle. So it should be pretty fun. So... And I have to say, uh, these gentlemen know way more about Star Trek than I do. Uh, I just barely started watching Star Trek in uh, May. Uh, I'd seen the 2009 film before that, but that's it. And uh, so my my perspective is more from a amateur, where I'm much more. Uh, I have much more of a history with Star Wars, but you might be surprised uh, that I don't always go with Star Wars. So it should be pretty fun. All right. Okay, so let's get started. So the first one that I thought we would do is we're just going to go in the order of the Star Wars movies. And so the first, in my opinion, The Phantom Menace is the weakest of the Star Wars movies. And, and so I thought I'd pair it with the weakest, in my opinion, of the Star Trek movies. And so what we have for our first pairing is the Star Trek V, The Final Frontier versus Star, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And so uh, well, we're just going to each kind of give our thoughts on both these films and, uh, and then uh, maybe have a little discussion and, and then we'll decide, we'll declare our, I guess, our winner. And uh, so I'll start. Uh, my, in this one, for me, it's, it's really actually kind of tough because I think both these movies have a lot of problems, but they're bad in different ways. Um, I think that uh, the clear winner is as far as production design and uh I think is is the Phantom Menace, of course. Like the special effects were great; it looks really good. And compared to compared to Final Frontier, which just looks cheap, and <laughs> uh, it, it it looks like a TV set kind of hobbled together. And I think that story is where the story on Final Frontier has a lot of problems, <laughs> but I think the core story of of Shatner having to deal with giving up his pain and it gives that speech about 
uh, Kirk gives that speech about, I don't want you to take away my pain. I need it. I think that's actually a pretty good moment. But I think the whole like scene with the whole thing with, with God and why does God need a spaceship? And it's pretty ridiculous. And I also hate the Hura dance scene. I, I think is really unfortunate. And, <laughs> <laughs> but Phantom Menace, you've got Jar Jar. And I hate Jar Jar, so <laughs> so that's kind of my back and forth. I don't know. Uh, what about you, uh, uh, Sean? Where are you at on these two? Uh, it's it's tricky uh, for many of the my there, yeah, coming through. Okay, um, it's, yeah, it's tricky for many of the reasons you guys mentioned. In that, um, both of them have really big problems that are just very different from each other. Um, in that. Star Wars is a much more professionally made movie. Star Trek V looks so cheap in so many ways. Even that they were like they that they had to like rewrite the third act on the spot because they were going to do these rock monsters and they just looked so bad that they just had to like make it up a new thing at the last minute. Um, it just like levels of incompetence going into it. And then you look at the Phantom Menace. The core story to it it works and it's good. Uh, but it's executed with so many stupid decisions, like unbelievably dumb decisions, whereas there's at least some execution in this writing, at least, in the relationships of the core characters in Star Trek V that, that still work for me, like the camping stuff. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have a gravitas to it, but that's kind of the point, is it just feels like these guys that are buddies, that have been buddies their whole, for you know, 30, 40 years, that are going camping. And that no, like, the, the row, row the, your boat that, that, yeah. that does it for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you watch it in the context of the full series, the full everything, it, it kind of does. Now, if this is if you're new to this, you haven't watched all of the original Star Trek, and we're wasting you know five minutes in a movie with a couple of, or three old men singing "Row, row, row your boat." Okay, then we got a problem here. <laughs> but yeah, for me, as someone that has watched all the original Trek all the movies love the original series. There's special moments that you can pull off when you have that much time with these characters. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, I'm going to go put Phantom Menace on top because there's just, they're, they both have gigantic problems. Star Trek fives are, there's just kind of incompetent filmmaking going on. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I mean, I, I just tease about the, the, your boat. <laughs> I don't know what they're, they couldn't come up with a better campfire song than right, that. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so Josh, what do you think about these two? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the the parts of Star Trek Five that work work because the cast is so good, and they they embody right, after yeah, so many right. years they embody their characters so well that they can make anything work. But I think as a as a piece of narrative, Star Trek Five just falls apart at yeah. the end, and and a lot of that's because of what Sean brought up about having to rewrite things on the spot because the rock monster effects didn't work. But, you know, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, uh, as a story, it works. There may be parts of it that you don't like. There may be characters you don't like. There may be acting and writing you don't like. But as a story, it's a cohesive narrative. And and it also has a lot of potential in what it sets up. You know, I, I defend the prequels a lot. And, uh, you know, I like the politics. I like the the looking behind the scenes of how the Empire came to be. And so I like all of that. So it's got potential mm -hmm. even setting aside the things that annoy people that may not annoy me personally. Um, it still works as a cohesive bit of film. It has something to say and you may not like it, but it says it with some sort of 
you know, good production right. values and, and smart storytelling. Um, it also introduces midichlorins, which for me, <laughs> I hate midichlorins so yeah. much. I think that's the thing that makes some of it tough for me in picking between the two is that Phantom Menace did had more like high moments. It was like, that's an actually a really good sequence. Right. I actually like what this is. Mm -hmm. But then when it did something wrong, it hurt the other source. It hurt the other stuff. Midichlorians hurt Star Wars lore. Uh, Anakin being kind of a weird little kid that's too powerful that invents C-3PO hurts Star Wars lore where I'm going, oh, that's just, that's kind of cheap story. Whereas Star Trek V, it's like, there's a lot of dumb stuff in here, but Uhuru dancing on a mountain is weird, out of place, and bad. But it doesn't hurt other movies. It doesn't mess up the lore. It's just, what are you thinking? Yeah. And same with the bad storytelling. And uh, it, it just, it's just bad storytelling. It doesn't mess up Darth yeah, um, Vader. It doesn't mess up the Force. So Tom at Gunn, who is my podcast partner for the Star Trek uh, discussions, he's in the chat room, and he says, uh, McCoy's backstory with his dad almost makes the whole thing worth it. Uh, almost, he says. Which is true. That is a good part. Uh, it's a good part, but it's also like half of one scene. I, don't, right. I never felt like that was developed to the point where they earned that emotional moment. It's just sort of sprung on us. Hmm. Particularly watching the film on its own, as not as part of you know, three seasons of show and five, four other movies. It doesn't feel like they earned that moment with McCoy. Yeah. He also says, I like this. He says, they should have sung the laughing Vulcan and his dog <laughs> on the campfire. <laughs> I don't know um, that they had anyone creative enough writing that movie to come up with a new song. <laughs> um, and he gives it, he says, I give this one to Trek. Uh, better character moments. And it's at least trying to say something interesting, though it fails the Phantom Menace is checking a bunch of boxes. That's I interesting. Don't I, that. I don't know if I actually yeah. agree with that with Phantom Menace. I, I think it was, I, I think the problem was, is that, is that George Lucas isn't great at working with actors. We know that he's admitted it as much. Mm -hmm. And so that, so a lot of the, the character moments, it's just hard when you have a director who's not great with actors I feel and like the script. <laughs> I feel like The Force Awakens is more checking boxes. Like, here's all the things people love. Let's make sure we get this in here and get that, that in here. Whereas a lot of people's problems, are, especially when The Phantom Menace first came out, was, hey, this isn't anything like the ones I remember. What yeah. are we talking about? Taxations of trade routes and all that. So it actively doesn't check those boxes. Interesting. Yeah, and I thought that on uh, The Phantom Menace, it like if you took that story and maybe mixed Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan into one character, you make Anakin... 19 years old, and you remove the Gungans, I think you have a pretty good Star Wars movie. That's a big and, remove. That's a big changes, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there are big changes, but in a synopsis of the story, they're really not that big of changes. Yeah, right. If you wrote like a two-paragraph summary of the movie, that's kind of the point is that you don't need to have two Jedi there. You don't need to have the Gungans for the overview of the story to work. Right. Um, uh, though, though that makes it as huge changes to the movie in execution and that's why the movie's so bad because like why would we want to see an eight-year-old anakin as like a master pilot like i mean there's, there's so many odd choices that happen because he's so young and you can't connect with them and you it sets up a bad love story for the future films because why do we have like a 18 year old girl 
flirting with an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> and yeah. that's, they wasted a movie weird. of relational development. That's, so anyway. Well, and you can basically sum up the entire Phantom Menace. You could have summed it up in like a two-minute conversation at the beginning of, like if you, you could have easily made the these two movies, I think. Like nothing is so, even something like the pod race is fun, but it doesn't really tell us, it doesn't really progress right. the story that much. Right. It's just kind of there. But anyway, I, I I have to say I agree with you guys, though. In the end, I would pick Phantom Menace over Star Trek V just because I, it's, I, I don't know. I just, I, that, I, I hate the Uhura dance. I just think it's kind of offensive. And there's nothing in Phantom Menace that offends me. I really so. hate uh, Scotty knocking himself out in Star Trek V. Oh, that's I forgot the, about that's that. That's the bit that gets to me. Because I know the ship like the back of my hand turns around and knocks himself out. Yeah. There's a lot of those, and, and the Uhura moment feels like that too, that are kind of out of character. Yeah. If you're not uh, Kirk, Spock, or McCoy, the rest of them are kind of wasted, right. I think. Yeah, and she's such an awesome character that it kind of bums me out uh, to have for her to have that moment, I thought. And it was mm-hmm. just kind of, I love, at least I love her. I think she's great. Yeah. So, okay, so let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> this one's going to be really, oh, I should uh, say in the um, Twitter, Twitter polls, I just put my vote in on Twitter. Oh, I'm, you did? Uh, I'm letting you guys sway my opinion before I cast my final vote. <laughs> so, oh, good. Okay, so in the Twitter poll that I did, the this Phantom Menace won 56 to 44%, so pretty close Yeah. on that one. So, all right, so the next one is uh, going to be interesting, I think. Mo- the Star Trek The Motion Picture versus Attack of the Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And so for me, this is hard because I, I admire, I guess, the ambition of the motion picture, but I think that is very self-indulgent and it, I had a hard time finishing it because it was the first Star, Star Trek movie I ever saw. And I think it works much better aside from 2009. <laughs> and I think it works much better if you come at it as a fan. It, like mm-hmm. if I had seen it as the last one, I think I would have liked it better. But I was just like, oh my gosh, it's like because <laughs> I I like 2001: Space Odyssey. I like Interstellar. I like Arrival. Uh, I like slow, you know, like <laughs> these kind of movies. But it, the thing about 2001 that people miss is that the the shots and the things that make it interesting are done purposefully to create a sense of mystery and to to sort of draw you in. Whereas like, there's nothing that creates mystery mystery by literally a three minute pan of the ship in this. Like like it literally, I was, but it looks so good. (laughs) It's like three minutes and 21 seconds of just the ship. I'm like, Oh my gosh, why? And And the movie starts off with an overture, an overture with a star field for three minutes of just music. Yeah. You're just like, oh, and uh, and so I I was very uh, just frustrated and by it, and I I think that there's some interesting ideas, but I don't think because the characters aren't of of the um Stephen Collins character and the I think it's I always get the names wrong in Star Trek, but Ilya or Ilya or Ilya. They're not that well developed, so like the sacrifices that they make and sort of their story doesn't move you as much as it maybe should because we haven't gotten to know them that well. And so I don't know. I really, really didn't like it when I first saw it. I, I have to be honest. And uh, and but then Attack of the Clones. I didn't watch Revenge of the Sith until last year. 
I, I hated Attack of the Clones so much that it literally turned me off Star Wars for like <laughs> a long time. And so finally I, I watched I watched Vendor the Sith. I actually ended up thinking it was okay. And uh, and I just I I mean I am the queen of like lifetime movies. I love my sappy romance. I love, you know, but but it couldn't even win over me, uh, this romance. It was just so like there's just no chemistry and it's just the dialogue is so bad and and you just you know that they got no direction on, on how to like and like the way that like Padme is wearing all these like SM kind of style sexy outfits <laughs> and you're just like, what are you doing? And I but it does have a really cool throwdown with the Jedi and it has some like interesting moments, but and I think Dooku is a pretty good character. Mm -hmm. And you know, Christopher Lee is a good actor and it looks nice. And there's less Jar Jar, which is good. But like just ridiculous scenes. Like, why did they have like why wouldn't why would um it's Jamba Fett, right? Django. Django. So Jango Fett. Why would he send in a bug to kill a Padme? Why wouldn't he just he's a he's a like, why would he kill her? Like, like that's the most ridiculous plan I've ever seen. So there's a lot of stuff like that 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 uh, gets to me. But uh, whoa, whoa, so... whoa, 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 whoa! He hired an assassin that mm -hmm. used bugs. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't just worse. that he didn't do it. He hired someone. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> and so I don't know. I struggle with Attack of the Clones. So I don't know which one to pick on this one. I'm. I've gone back and forth. Uh, so uh, you guys maybe sway me with your with your arguments one way or the other of uh, what you're thinking. So uh, what do you think, Sean? Uh, yeah. So it's tricky because I think that Star Trek The Motion Picture has a coherent story that does not in any way harm the Star Trek story uh, that has some interesting ideas to it. You're catching up on these characters. And it's an incredibly boring movie that I never want to watch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In, in every movie on this list, like Star Trek V, I can rewatch Star Trek V quite a bit because it's a fast-moving bad movie that has some humor in it and some stuff happens. Motion picture, I I, I never want to put it in really. Uh, whereas Attack of the Clones, terrible acting, horrible romance, messes with lore once again. Wait, Anakin is a whiny. Jedi that it, you don't like at all isn't charismatic. Um, there, it doesn't really even have some of the like the high moments that I think that Phantom Menace has. I think it it kind of lacks even some of that stuff. The story's less coherent than Phantom Menace. It's much more unclear. It's like stuff happens, but it's not a strong story per se. Mm -hmm. So then I'm going back and forth between boring movie that I think tells a clear story that doesn't mess anything up and movie that I'd much rather watch but that makes me angry. Uh, well, how do you pick between the two? <laughs> no, well, I want to be angry and entertained or just bored in, okay, that two hours of my life, well, like two hours and 30 minutes of my life are gone. I don't know. So Josh, can you convince us of <laughs> yeah. which way we should go on this one? Boy, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> like I, I love the first half of Star Trek, the motion picture, um, because it's that fulfillment of we're finally getting to see these characters if we watch for three seasons on TV on the big screen. And it's got some great moments in the first half, you know, uh, McCoy getting recruited. They, they drafted me, you know, he shows up with a beard on the transporter pad and gives this angry rants to Kirk. And, um, and, and I really like the whole, 
the, the moment when they get in the shuttle and go to the Enterprise first time, and it is like three minutes of just fanfare and let's look at how great this model is on the big screen. But it, it, it does, it gets me choked up from somebody who's watched every episode of Star Trek ever. I'm like, this is, this is the Enterprise. But, but the second half is just so slow and, and it, it falls apart. And like you said, the characters aren't well-developed. And, uh, but uh, Attack of the Clones is also my least favorite yep. Star Wars movie. Yep. Uh, oh, really? I didn't I know love. that. Yeah, there are parts of it I love. I, you know, I, I, anything with Samuel L. Jackson in it is great. Um, Except the, for that the, purple lightsaber. That I, don't I like. love the purple lightsaber. <laughs> he asked for it specifically so he could, he could spot himself in the big group battles. Um, but, you know, the, the whole getting to see the Jedi in action, you know, the, the full team of Jedi fighting together, that's a cool moment. Um, and I like some of the, the character design. I like the, the people who live on Camino. You know, I, I think there's some, some interesting visual stuff going on, some production design stuff. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. the dialogue is atrocious. The I don't like sand and, and all of that is just, <laughs> is, is hard to watch for, even for me who loves the prequels. Yeah. Um, so God, this is a tough one. Um, it really is. Oh, well, I, I, oh, sorry, yes. go ahead. I, I probably, if I were forced to choose a gunpoint, I would probably pick uh, Attack of the Clones, but it's really okay. close. Okay, uh, so Tom Gunn in the chat room, he says, the motion picture is better. Spock relating to V'ger is way more interesting than Obi-Wan playing Sam Spade. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he also says, I can't identify any moments from clones that I just love. I can identif- definitely say that about the motion picture. And uh, there is also the, uh, the, sh- the V'ger design is somewhat awkward. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also, like what were they it's thinking to make it look like that i don't know the motion picture is also kind of a ripoff of one of the original series episodes that that dealt with this the same thing of you know a, a probe that was sent out and sort of gained yeah. sentience and came back uh yeah. so it is kind of cheesy from that aspect as well all right well okay i just can't vote for attack the clone so i guess i'll go with motion picture <laughs> Uh, in this uh, for my vote? Uh, I think I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go motion picture. But if I had to watch one right now, I'd put in Attack of the Clones as my disclaimer on voting for motion picture. But also, (laughs) I don't watch uh, Schindler's List very often, but I think it's a great movie. Star Trek (laughs) the motion picture, likewise. I'll say it's a solid, well-made movie. I just don't want to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. But not for the same reason as Schindler's List. (laughs) (laughs) Different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think we all agree it's best to watch, not to watch for your first one. No, no. Watch it as a prequel or something later. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, okay. So next up, our next battle is Revenge of the Sith. That's episode three, Star Wars episode three. Revenge of the Sith versus Star Trek Into Darkness. And I picked these because I thought that they both were, I, I don't know, I just thought they had similar sort of feel and theme to them a little bit. And uh, so I'll go first. I, I actually think as a movie, I think Into Darkness is actually a pretty good movie as far as the, I think the action is good. I think it has good performances. I think it looks good. It's entertaining. But I think as a Star Trek movie, it's not very good. And it definitely tries to take off too much of the, it's not because I love, I love force awakens. So I don't have a problem with reusing themes from previous films, 
doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me that he's con, but uh, it bothers me if it's done in a lazy way. And I don't feel, I kind of feel like it was sort of lazily kind of integrated here as opposed to, which I feel like it was done really well in Force Awakens. Um, and I, but you know, I, I'm a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. So I really liked him in this. I kind of wish he'd just been allowed to be his own thing and not be con. Uh, but Revenge of the Sith, I uh, I don't know. To me, it's it, it it's it's got the best acting I would say of the three prequels. It's got the best kind of story. Uh, but I don't know. To me, it still has some of those acting problems. It still has some of those pacing problems. Uh, it it still has some problems. Like the way that it sort of fits into the rest of the original trilogy is, is a little bit awkward. It leaves you kind of saying, why would they do that? Or how does that work? And so that's, uh, that's not, and then you've got the no moment, which I don't like. And so I, I but I think, uh, I don't know. So that's kind of where I'm at on those two. I think that, just if I was just saying movies, I think Into Darkness is a better movie, but I think that Revenge of the Sith is a better Star Wars movie than Into Darkness is a better Star Trek movie, if that makes sense. Let's see. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> so, Sean, what do you think about this battle? On this one, I think I'm going to pretty safely go Star Trek Into Darkness. I've never been okay. on the hate train for Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, as a Star Trek movie, or as I can understand certainly why fans would feel betrayed by it, that the twist doesn't work, um, I, I, I'm not going to fight any of those points. I can certainly see that, agree with that. Um, I just don't necessarily feel it myself. I, I would say, as a sci-fi movie, I enjoyed it. It was something I had a good time with. And so I, I, it just doesn't, like those things don't necessarily bother me. Uh, I didn't, I think, they really shot themselves in the foot by somewhere early on in the process deciding, hey, what if we had Khan as this big secret? And then they crafted the whole movie around that, um, which makes for just, it's just, when you watch the movie in light of that's obviously what they did in crafting the movie, they just, they just shot themselves so much in the foot in doing that and angered people. And like, I skipped out on work that day to go see the movie because I didn't want it spoiled for me. And, successfully was able to do that and i thought that was a cool moment one time i watched it <laughs> and they like based so much of their storytelling around that but still the movie itself i i, I mean i i had fun with it uh, bennett cumberbatch maybe not a great con but great acting great character even if he probably shouldn't have the name con associated with him i don't like the recap Kirk dies because I don't think they've earned it in this rebooted yeah. series. The way that Spock's death was so powerful and it had actual consequences. They had a whole movie to bring him back. Yeah. Um, that I love Star Trek Three, um, but it had consequences. Whereas here, uh, it didn't have the the weight of all that. So, and then back to on the other side of it, uh, Revenge of the Sith. I think it's the best of the prequels, but it still has all the problems of the prequels with the bad acting storytelling that just doesn't come together quite right. Key relationships that need to work. Anakin and Padme don't have the chemistry they need to have. Anakin's um, motivation. I think they, they, they just really botched his motivation. And so you, you don't go like, Oh, I get why Anakin turned evil. If this is a tragic story, you go, Oh, he's a whiny guy. That's foolish. That did something stupid. Like you don't, 
it's not something that feels epic. You're like, this guy, I, I don't like this guy. I don't care that he turned evil other than that he's killing kids, which I don't like that very much. Um, but it's, a, it's the strongest of them, but it still has big problems for me. So I would definitely go into darkness. Interesting. Okay. Josh, what about you? Well, this is the easiest choice for me because I hate Star Trek Into Darkness with a <laughs> fiery passion. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't like the the two thousand nine Star Trek either. I did, I like the cast. I think the cast is good. I think there were there were some moments in the in the two thousand nine one, but I don't like the reboot. I don't like the we're going to set it in an alternate timeline. I don't like any of that. But even setting that aside, like Into Darkness, there's so many things that don't work and that don't work for Star Trek. I mean, the, the whitewashing of Khan is just horrible in my opinion. The completely unnecessary shot of uh, what's her name in her underwear. Um, yeah, you know, better. all that stuff is, is just offensive on a, I'm a Star Trek fan. Star Trek shouldn't be doing this level. But um, the, the whole, like, I, I can understand, okay, we're going to have Kirk die instead of Spock. It sort of twists things. But, like, you don't have to have them play out the exact same scenario from Wrath of Khan in reverse. Like, there's no logical reason for that to happen other than, hey, do you remember this moment in this movie you liked? We're doing it again, but it's different. Um, so I can't stand. And, and then the whole, like, oh, Khan all of a sudden has magical blood. and it, 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 Yeah, that's hurt. true, too. That's a good but, point. Uh, and on the other hand... Uh, Revenge of the Sith is probably my second favorite Star Wars movie. I think it's it does so many things so well, and I, and I disagree. I think it really ties the prequels in with with the new, you know, the original trilogy. Um, but there's so many moments in Revenge of the Sith that I love. the The scene with with Palpatine and Anakin, where Palpatine is, it's the moment where he's he get, finally gets his hooks in Anakin, where they're where they at the opera, and he's talking about. Darth Plagueis and yeah. telling that whole like that's a great scene and it's wonderfully acted because because he's such a good actor not because it's greatly written or because yeah. George Lucas is a great director for actors but because Ian McDermott is such a good actor um, yeah. but you know and, and just the emotion of the final Anakin Obi-Wan battle and what it means uh, I think there's a lot of great moments in Revenge of the Sith and I can't stand Into Darkness. So it's an <laughs> well, easy, easy choice for me. Like I wasn't, I, Into Darkness was almost for me what Attack of the Clones was for you. Like I did not want to see Star Trek Beyond yeah. after Into Darkness. But when uh, when Simon Pegg was brought in to rewrite it, I decided, okay, I'll give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you make some good points. You really do. Uh, so Tom, he says in the chat room, he says, I'm saying Revenge of the Sith on this one just because it got my feels much better than uh, Star Trek Into Darkness did. Tough call. Revenge of the Sith, two friends breaking up. Star Trek Into Darkness, two friends coming together. He says, I strongly identified with Anakin not being able to embrace the essentials of the Jedi religion and struggling with that. So, uh, so he says, Revenge of the Sith is the most underrated Star Wars movie. I so, agree with that. There you go. Um, so I guess it comes down to me. This is interesting. <laughs> I, I do think that Into Darkness is the better... If I'm just comparing a spade to a spade, just a movie to... I think that Into Darkness is the better movie. I think that Star Wars is the better movie of its franchise, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, hmm, this is hard. Uh, but I guess I'm going to go with Revenge of the Sith. I think that there's just more emotion there. I think that it's more memorable. 
mm-hmm. even maybe for some of the bad choices. <laughs> but I, I think Vanity Darkness is more forgettable. So I, I'll go with Revenge of the Sith. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so the next one is going to be very interesting because uh, I'm the odd one out on this one. Uh, so we have uh, Star Trek, Rogue One, a Star Wars story versus Star Star Trek First Contact. In my opinion, the only good Next Generation movie. Uh, and it's, I think, very good good film. And for me, this one is very clear. I, I think it's First Contact for sure. Uh, I, I, I just thought that that Rogue One, I thought it's, it's an okay action movie. Uh, you know, if you want to go and be entertained by, you know, the final battle's good. I like Jin as a character. I think because I'd read Catalyst, I was I, I felt something more for Krennic and for uh, Galen Erso than I would have otherwise because their characters I didn't think were that well developed. I I've seen it twice. And I just was very underwhelmed by it. <laughs> I thought that the story, I don't know, was very muddled. Like when they're going to find Saw Gerrera, like who is he? What is he? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What are they trying to do with him? Uh, and I, I just didn't get to know any of the characters. Like I, it took me like over an hour to even understand who like Bodhi was. They kept talking about <laughs> Bodhi, Bodhi, but who is Bodhi? I have no idea who that is. And and that's not good. Like <laughs> even the prequels there, they're uh, they're flawed, but I kn- the characters I knew the characters and they had some good character moments and so I don't know I, I really was disappointed by Rogue One I don't think it's horrible but I don't think it's very good and uh, and then so First Contact I think this has some really really good moments I think uh, the whole idea of the Borg and this sort of being the zombie story uh, in Star Trek was really good and interesting and intense. I love the production design of it. I love the costume, like the way that they're all designed that is really good. And uh, you get the, you get them pairing off in, in interesting ways, I think with this, with this group, um, the, uh, and then you've got all the interesting stuff going on on earth where they're trying to convince the James Cromwell character, um, at least, hopefully, I'm not getting my movies confused. Uh, <laughs> that's in that one, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. Yeah, that's really good. And uh, it, I, I like particularly that that woman who's there with Picard and their sort of interactions together. It's really, really good. And so, yeah, I think that First Contact is the clear winner in my eyes uh, between these two. So, what do you think, Sean? Where are you at? I'm gonna go with Rogue One on this one. It's tough to say, though, because I've been watching First Contact for 20 years. I've been rock- watching Rogue One for nine days. Right. So <laughs> uh, it's unfair to – it's a, one of them I have – it's kind of settled. I have a very clear understanding what, what I think about it with the context of time, where other things come after it. And uh, whereas Rogue One, I'm just kind of in current emotions of having just mm-hmm. seen it for the first time. With that said um, – I didn't. I didn't think any of the Star Trek Next Generation movies lived up to their potential, lived up to the potential of the series that came before it or the movies that came before it, and they always kind of felt like episodes to me. And that's twenty years later. What I still feel like there are better episodes than these movies. First Contact being the best of the bunch, um, but it didn't. It didn't elevate it enough to me. And so, really like the movie. Don't mean to be negative, particularly at all. But it just like on a certain level to of just work working for me, it never got there. Rogue One, where I'm still at right now, is um, really enjoyable film. 
like a lot of things about it, a prequel that I liked the way elements fit together, filled in gaps, and it didn't mess up lore for me at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, certainly would say I can track with you entirely that the first two acts, now having seen it three times, first two acts have a lot of strange issues in the storytelling and does this need to be here? Why Why is Saw Gerrera so weird? Like, was there any ideas that they had to make him weird that they nixed? Or did they just go with every single weird idea they had? So, but overall, I mean, just the, especially like the third act of it, the final few minutes of it yeah. were just so potent and powerful for me. Mm -hmm. that, like both times I rewatched it, I was like, I hit about hour 15 minutes into it. I'm like, all right, maybe I'm not so crazy about this. Is the third act that good? And then it gets going again. I'm like, yeah, I remember why I really like this. So... Uh, at the moment where I'm at right now, definitely Rogue One. Okay, cool. Well, what about you, uh, Josh? Well, I just saw Rogue One again this morning, uh, and, and I really love it. But but it does have its issues. Like, the characters are not very well developed at all. Uh, when they are compelling, it's either because there's a compelling sort of idea behind them or the acting is just really good. But but they're not that well written, and they're not fleshed out very well. But like like Sean said, the third act is phenomenal. Both, for, both as an, an action film and as a sort of Star Wars moment. Uh, this is the moment when the rebellion kind of comes together and gels. But on the other hand, Star Trek First Contact is my favorite Star Trek movie, uh, hands down. Interesting. And, and, I, oh. and, I, and I love all the Next Generation movies. Nemesis has big issues, but, but First Contact is by far my favorite uh, Star Trek movie. And it's, it's got everything. And I'm a Next Generation guy over an original series guy, so that's part of it. But... Uh, it's got all the great moments that I love. And, and it's, it's got moments that are iconic for me when I think of these characters in, in some instances. You know, the, it's particularly Data and Picard. I think their story is fantastic. It's the way it sort of parallels, uh, parallels each other. But, uh, you know, moments like blaring uh, Steppenwolf as they blast, into, blast off to go on this journey. And it's sort of like, it's so human, you know, it's, it's yeah. this great moment of humanity when Star Trek tends to be kind of sterile and the Federation is kind of formal and stiff. And it's Zephram Cochran sort of makes everyone let their hair down and Troy gets drunk. And, you know, there's so many great moments in First Contact. And they filmed a little bit of it right down the road for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is cool. I, I, I wasn't living here at the time. But uh, the, the Titan Missile Museum is where they filmed the, the Phoenix base or whatever. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's my favorite, so it's it's no contest for me. I gotta go with first contact. All right, first contact with the win. Okay, um, so this uh, oh, there we go real quick here. So uh, the um, uh, Tommy says first freaking contact easy. I have great time watching both, but I walk away from first contact feeling hope for humanity in general. And he says, first kind of gives us the origins story of the world of Star Trek. What can beat that? The answering is nothing in Star Wars. <laughs> the answer is nothing. <laughs> and then we have another comment. Tom Kalish says, Rogue One was great, in my opinion. My favorite of Star Wars brought back good old days as far as characters and, and, and wars was awesome. So there you go. Um, let's see what the uh, winner was in the polls. I, 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 I don't know if I said... So motion picture won 65% over Attack the Clones, which is interesting. And, and then uh, 
Revenge of the Sith, uh, Into Darkness won by 65%. So we're, wow, that's a surprise. Yeah, that, I'm surprised by that. Yes! So, <laughs> um, so uh, uh, yeah, so in this one, Rogue One won by 77%. So we might have a little bit of a recency bias in the poll, I think. <laughs> yeah. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, so the next one. Uh, is going to be interesting. Uh, it, it, it's an easy one for me, but we're doing uh, New Hope, the original Star Wars versus Star Trek for the Voyage Home. And I'm not a big Voyage Home fan. I must be honest. I, it's just too silly for me. Like the, oh. it has some fun moments. I like the, the, I think the conceit of the whales and the is 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 fun. But I don't know. It just gets so silly. Like particularly the scene in the hospital. Like I almost feel like there needs to be like. Uh, you know that sound in, in silly slapstick where there's like a woohoo, you know, like a horn, like a silly, like, that's what I feel like. It's just so campy and so silly. And, and the romance between, uh, I always think of, um, uh, Mrs. Camden, I, <laughs> the Catherine Hicks, I guess, uh, because, uh, is, it's just really cheesy and, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I honestly, I don't understand why people love it as much as they do. I don't quite get it. But for me, like original Star Wars, I mean, come on. It's uh, just great characters. It's so well paced. I think that's what makes it work so well for me is that, is that, oh man, when he finally, when you're just getting up to that end, I just want to cheer and it makes me happy. And it's one of the best experiences I've ever had at a theater when I went to the re-release and like everybody in my theater was just like cheering. This was back when I was in high school and, and uh, it was just, just so memorable. And I love the characters. I, I love Luke. I know people are like, oh, he's whiny. But like, he's a teenager. And I, I, I guess maybe because I saw it first when I was a teenager. And so I related to him. And I, you know, you've got Leia. You've got Han, who's so awesome uh, in this. And he gets introduced in such a fun way. I mean, just like you get to know him right away. And also, I love uh, the Millennium Falcon. And I love Chewie. And I, I just love this so uh yeah for me uh, it's it's definitely no doubt no n- new hope for me for sure so what about you sean uh i mean i hate for it to be so easy because i love the voyage home but uh i mean i would have to go with a new hope because it's not just a movie that i th- really enjoy that i think is great uh i mean it's just a great movie that's so influential so important but to talk about the voyage home for a little bit before i pick the other one over it um i mean it's another one that it it's enjoyable for people that don't like star trek movies just because it's fun and different and it was set in modern times and uh, and just having these characters not taking themselves so seriously after star trek three and two which were so serious yeah which makes for like I think Star Trek two, three, and four is one of the forgotten great movie trilogies of all time because it's yes. the second, third, and fourth films of thirteen movies. But there, it's a trilogy. It completes one story arc throughout those three movies, and and in ha- their different tones, different directions, and uh, so and it, it's such a wonderful, bizarre, different, unexpected conclusion to that specific storyline that started in Wrath of Khan, and all the characters get their moment to shine. Whereas so often in the movies, it's been Kirk, Spock, McCoy, really a lot of Kirk. And um, you're just feeding 
Shatner's ego, which hey, I don't mind. I love Shatner. I actually saw Shatner live uh, just a couple months ago at a showing of Star Trek II um, at a theater here in town. But love Shatner. But this one, you get to see all the characters. They get great moments, uh, great chemistry between all of them, and just having fun. My but, favorite scene is that scene on the bus when Spock takes yeah. out the annoying guy. <laughs> yeah. like, that's probably yeah. my favorite. It has so many great lines, so memorable with the colorful metaphors. Is this the time for a colorful metaphor? Um, just so much great stuff in there. Where, where are the nuclear vessels? Um, just so much fun stuff. Yeah. But Star Wars is Star Wars. And uh, it's it, uh, Voyage Home just can't compete with that movie. I'd put it over any of the prequels easily because um, I just love that movie so much. But Star Wars is, is Star Wars. What about you, Josh? Uh, it's actually a really tough one for me. Uh, I, I love The Voyage Home. It's sort of, it's not the best Star Trek movie, but it's kind of the one I think of when I think of an original series Star Trek movie. It, it plays off, it, it's sort of the payoff of, for people who've watched all the, all the episodes uh, from the series. It's, you know, it's, it's all character driven. It's the only reason it works is because these actors have played these characters for 20, 30 years by this point, eh, 20 years. Um, and, and, and like Sean said, every character gets their moments. You Scotty using the computer. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. Guys office. There's so many fun and Sulu in the helicopter. And there's so many great moments, but it also, it, it's, it also highlights some of the best things about the series. It's got, Time travel, which was a big, big part of the original series. There are a lot of time travel episodes in the original series. Mm. Um, and it's also got this strong environmental message, which Gene Roddenberry would have loved, I think. And um, so, so I love The Voyage Home. It, and it's got these sort of iconic moments that are super cheesy. But at the same time, you know, we're going to stop this harpoon boat with our, uh, with our bird, Klingon bird of prey. It's so silly, but it's great. And it, and it works because it's very Star Trek even while it's very, and there were plenty of silly episodes in the original. There's, a, there's an episode where it's Alice in Wonderland for some reason. There's some <laughs> really silly episodes, but you know, in Star Wars, the original one is iconic and it's, it's important. But for me, I might go with the voyage home partly because I, I mean, I've seen both of them a million times, but Star Wars is so sort of ingrained in me that it ceased to become a movie. Like it's just a part of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and as someone who loves the prequels and views the Star Wars movies as one giant saga, it's hard for me to pull out. It's harder for me to pull out a new hope than it is for me to pull out any of the other movies and look at it as just a piece mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or not look at it as just a piece, but look at it as a movie on its own. Uh, so I might, actually go with the voyage home on this one sweet okay cool well if you did that i'd feel a lot better if it got at least one vote so. <laughs> okay yeah I'll, I'll go with the okay, voyage good. Home. all right uh so tom he says both these movies do a great job reaching out to an audience that goes beyond just devoted fans and a new hope does a better job minting new devoted lifelong fans it's true i mean you take a a little kid to see a new hope and they just I don't know. I, I've yet to have a kid that didn't love it. I mean, it's just something about it. It's just uh, great. So, okay, this one's going to be really hard. <laughs> this next one. 
Oh, and uh, the the this one, New Hope won by ninety five percent in the Twitter poll. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one's gonna be really hard, I think. Uh, we've got the two. I, I had the two. What I think it was the two weakest verses. So we had to do the two best verses. Um, Empire Strikes Back versus Wrath of Khan. I love both of these movies. I am really, really torn. I, I think that uh, Empire Strikes Back is basically a perfect film. It, 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 the cinematography is amazing. The acting is great. The, the, the story is really good. I love the battles. I love that you just got this amazing epic reveal, which is so good. Uh, and it, it really matters because you love Luke and you, you find this out and it's just devastating for him. And so you feel it. And Lando was so great and it's just great. But then Wrath of Khan, you have this amazing story all leading up to this sacrifice. And it was so gutsy of them. You know, I think of Batman v Superman, which tried to sort of pull off this the same kind of thing, I feel like, but but I think that we we know we know that Superman is going to be back. We don't know that, you know, when we're watching Wrath of Khan. We don't know. Like, we think that, that that's it. He's going to be gone. Like, we know for sure. And so it was just so bold, and it was so brave, and uh, it's so moving <laughs> what uh, what Spock does. And that scene, you know, you see Kirk putting it, you know, his, his hand up to his friend, and, and, and it's just great. And you've got uh, Ricardo Montalban as Khan, who's so good. And, you know, just this battle of sort of wills between the two of them that they know that this is, this is futile, that it's not like it's something that they need to do, but they have to kind of win <laughs> in a way. And the way that Kirk kind of outsmarts him in, in, a, in a certain ways, like the famous, like Khan line, that's him tr kind of trying to trick him in a way. So I don't know. It's just got layers. It's so well made. It's I love all the production design of it. I I think it's a, just a great sci-fi movie. I like I like Chekhov in it. I like uh you know when he gets that weird. There's some horror elements with that weird bug that gets in his <laughs> ear. Like that's super creepy. And so yeah, I uh, I I'm torn on this one actually. But I think I'd have to go with Empire Strikes Back. But I, I love both of these movies. It's hard. <laughs> Sean, what about you? Yeah, I still don't know where I'm going on this one. Uh, <laughs> these are my two favorite of the two series. Um, so I'm in that camp. And they're the favorites for me uh, for just the recent obvious reasons of the just strong emotional resonance, uh, hitting on some of the best elements of both of these, whereas uh, Star Trek very much is the science fiction series and Star Wars being the science fantasy series, both of them hit on the elements of that that make each of those genres work and make each of those genres interesting. So you've got this hero's journey of whiny Luke from A New Hope becomes this guy that takes on the ultimate bad guy foolishly, but that's part of his journey to becoming the ultimate hero. Just an incredible coming-of-age story with Yoda as the wise old master. Mm. And then on the other side, too, and, but all of that is very fantastical and relatable in certain senses, but in the way we relate to fantasy, not in the sense that we relate to kind of real world type stuff. Then you get over to Star Trek II, and the movie's all about getting older. And so it's a movie that as I get older and go, wow, oh, man, I'm in my mid-30s. Wow, I, I'm the age that Shatner was when Star Trek was running. Wow, <laughs> the show I've been watching my whole life. Wow, this is happening. Um, and there's things you start, you just resonate with on such a personal, real level of 
uh, in integrated so well throughout the story. Just rewatching it in the theater a couple months ago, because I rewatch it at home, you know, all the time. But just sitting there in a theater with a room full of people, just how powerful it is. Oh, I'd and love the, to see that. And, and it's like in the intro to it was 30 minutes of William Shatner talking live and telling stories from production. And then you're in a theater. And this is like a theater in downtown Austin that's 100 years old with a balcony and everything with 1,500 rabid Star Trek fans watching Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, And they're like, yeah! A second William Shatner in the movie appears. His name appears on screen. People freak out. So, but anyway, so um, which is the themes are so well integrated that it's just a great story told so, packaged so well as a single film that stands on its own whereas Empire Strikes Back is very much the middle part of a yeah, trilogy. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so I say all of that um, to not give an answer just yet. So uh, if we can hear our, yeah. Josh's final opinion to sway each of us <laughs> where we're going to go on this one. Where are you at, Josh? Or where I'm going. It is a tough one but it's maybe a little easier for me than for both of y'all. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is phenomenal. There's so many killer moments uh, and ca killer characters too. The addition of Lando and Yoda is, makes such a difference and it, it makes the world so much richer than uh, A New Hope. It's, it's so clever and the, you know, the reveal of Vader and the, the promise of now we've got actually like a real lightsaber fight and, and the whole opening on, on Hoth is such a great, wonderfully filmed battle and it's, it's, there's so many wonderful moments in Empire Strikes Back, but Wrath of Khan to me is, it's, I don't even know that I have the, the worst is right. It's not my favorite Star Trek, it's still First Contact, but Wrath of Khan, there's so many perfect moments. The, the, the one that always stands out for me is uh, when the, the final reveal of how Kirk won the Kobayashi Maru. And he's sitting there munching on an apple and they're telling the story and it turns out he cheated. And he gets this glint in this, and like Sean talked about, it is a movie about getting older. And really, almost all of the original series Star Trek movies are about getting older. Um, and that's a theme that carries through Interesting. Th through uh, Voyage Home and even into uh, Generations. But well, there's also a movie it, about friendship. I think yes. about about how uh, Spock starts to learn uh, that he's actually friends, you know, with with these people, and and he mm -hmm. starts to learn what love really is, and. Yeah, that's absolutely right. But but that moment, you know, it's because it, the movie starts out and Kirk is he's an admiral and he's he's kind of bored and uh, he thinks he's he's made this sacrifice so he can't be a captain anymore, uh, even though it's what he really wants to be and it's what he was made for. But he's this is growing up, you know. I've I've got to to be the admiral because that's what is expected. And then you sort of see him. Oh, he gets the energy back and he starts to to be a captain again. And then that there's that moment where they're they're trapped and he's he's munching on the apple in the, in the Genesis hole or whatever. And uh, yeah. they're telling the story about how, you know, he, he says, and he says, you know, I, I don't believe in a no insulin scenario. I don't like to lose. And he pulls out his communicator and he calls Spock who's supposed to have left. And it's like, bam, you know, it was all part of a plan. It's such a great moment. And it's, it's the best acting that Shatner's ever done. Uh, and it's, I agree. You know, I've, I got to go with, I got to go with Wrath of Khan in this. And, and Khan is such a fantastic character and Ricardo Montalban is such a great actor and he just sells the venom that Khan has, has, <coughs> you know, harbored inside himself for so long after his wife died and all that. It's just, there's such a, a, a matching of equals that you don't really get in, I mean, 
Vader's this this amazing threat, but he's more than Luke can handle. Uh, and it's and it's a great emotional moment for Luke to go up against Vader, knowing that he probably can't win. Yeah. But it's you don't get this perfectly evenly matched minds going at it like you well, do. And, and he finds out he has a son, and then he loses, you know, his son. And or is that mm-hmm. in third that he loses? I, I get them all confused. Yeah, in the third. Okay. Well, he finds out he has a son, so that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Uh, Tom, I'll just read you what Tom says. He says uh, that I think Wrath of Khan has feet of clay, so it's not hard for me. Empire is clearly superior. Love Wrath of Khan, but it's not even in Empire's League. And then uh, Tom uh, Cabler says, The Wrath of Khan was my second favorite Star Trek film of all time, so it wins for me. So we got both sides in the chat room. (laughs) Um, Tom Gunn went on to say, uh, Better music, better acting, better effects. Empire, it, uh, it is. Um, I think better music, I, I'd probably agree, but the music in Wrath of Khan is really incredible. Like, yeah. it, I mean, James Horner's score on that one and the third one, just almost all the Star Trek movies have underrated scores because Absolutely. they're all incredible scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would argue Wrath of Khan is the best of them, but I'd also argue that Empire has the best of the Star Wars scores. Better acting, okay, I, I would agree with that, but better effects, I mean... There, there's some things about Rathacon that uh, they had a much lower budget, both than motion picture and than Empire Strikes Back, but the effects in it look great. Like, I yeah, don't know what... really yeah. well. Like, I don't know that I could go any side by side. Maybe the, the worm going into the ear is clearly a model of a head. That's yeah. the only shot that I would go, okay, that's questionable beyond that. These effects are on part of me. But it kind of has like a horror feel to it. And I kind of like that, you know, the, the way they yeah. do that with the bug. I, 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 I kind of dug it. it My wife um, can't watch it. Yeah, it, that, that's one of the <laughs> earliest memories I have of being freaked out by a scene and running out of the room. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think just going movie by movie, because we're just the movie, I got this one or I have this one, not just in their context in the franchise, any of those deals... My final vote's going to be Rathacon. Wow. Because of the powerful emotional moments that mm-hmm. as a standalone thing, the pow- like as a thinking through like those so many mo- moments in it of dialogue of when Kirk takes back over the Enterprise and mm-hmm. he's trying to like get Spock to convince him to not let him do it. And Spock's like, I have no ego to bruise. You're clearly qualified. So many moments throughout the whole thing. Or where just- uh, Scotty's nephew dies. Yes. And it's just like you can feel James Doohan just falling apart in that scene. It's so yeah. well acted. And so there, there's just so wow. many of those moments that I maybe I the upset win. But yes, I'm going to go Wrath of Khan. I better vote on the... <laughs> I, I love it uh so i will go with empire strikes back then it's definitely got to get a vote because uh, i do think it's basically perfectly executed i oh, I, I mean just just scenes like when you have uh you know opening up the, the the door and you see vader sitting at that table like that's so great it's all white and then you've got the black vader yeah. and uh and like the, the i love you scene is so good and you know you just see like chewie's like freaking out you know and here's Han getting frozen and we don't know what's going to happen and and uh and, yeah it's so good and yoda raising the x-wing out of the swamp yeah i don't oh, yeah. believe it well that's yeah. where you failed so many quotable yeah. moments and you know it was interesting i was watching a um movie fight that they were doing over on uh 
on uh, Screen Junkies, and and Christian Harloff, he made an interesting argument about how Frank Oz's performance as Yoda is the best performance of the whole series, which I would never have thought of that, but he's just saying, like, if that hadn't worked, if it hadn't come off right, it would have just changed everything, and it's, it's, it is a good point, I think. that yeah. it's, the, it, it's the equivalent it, it, of Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, it's that it kind of performance. Yeah, it could have so easily been Jar Jar, but it wasn't, and thank goodness. And so, okay... <laughs> Um, wow, that's going to be awesome. I love it. Uh, okay, so next up, we've got an interesting one. We've got Return of the Jedi versus Star Trek VI Undiscovered Country. And I think Undiscovered Country is way underrated. I almost put it as my favorite in when we did our rankings of the movies. I loved this movie. I thought it was so entertaining. And I, I liked uh, Christopher Plummer, hello, <laughs> as the villain. So great. And this idea of Kirk uh, having to deal with his hatred and his anger and his hatred of the um, of the uh, Klingons and how he uh, it, when he hears himself uh, repeated in trial uh, is just really like really powerful and and uh, I think uh, that that the scene when they're all at dinner and they're all I think it's I forget if it's Macbeth or if it's King Lear or yeah. I can't remember. But they're quoting Shakespeare. Hamlet, three scene one. <laughs> Is it Hamlet? Okay. Yep. I can't remember. But anyway, Shakespeare. And I, I thought that scene was written so well and was really, really good. And uh, it's it looks good. I love the ending where you get all the signatures of everybody. And, and mm. you just get this, this sense of everybody. It's so, it's so redeeming after five was so bad. And everybody gets sort of a chance to sort of say goodbye on a good note. And that, that feels really good. Kind of warms your heart. And um yeah, I, I really like it a lot. And uh, Return of the Jedi, I love the like final two acts of that movie. I think are so good. The first act, I think it feels almost more like a mummy movie than a Star Wars movie. And I, I, there's things I don't really like, like the slave dancing. I think is a little gratuitous, and you know, getting fed to that monster. And and uh, and uh, I don't like the gold bikini. I think that's, I don't know. I just that leaves a bad taste in my mouth as a woman. And I, yeah, just the whole, and I don't like the way they kill off Boba Fett, like with such a wimpy way. I don't like that. So there's a lot of stuff in that first part that I don't really like. Um, but I, I really like the space battles. I love the final like battle between the fight between uh, Vader and Luke. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole series, you know, and he says, I'm going to, I'm going to save you. I, I'm going to save you father. And he says, you know, you already have like, oh, so good. <laughs> so this one's actually tough for me. I don't mind the Ewoks and a lot of people think they're really annoying. They don't bother me. Uh, and even if their presence is kind of the fact that they can take down ATAs, is a little silly, but it, it, uh, it works for me. I, I don't mind it. And uh, so I don't know. Uh, where I'm, I'm quite 100% decided on this, but I do really love Undiscovered Country a lot, so I'm, I'm leaning towards that. So, Sean, what about you? Uh, on this one, I think I'm gonna pretty safely go with Return of the Jedi, and love Undiscovered Country as well. Uh, I just feel as time has passed, it, it it's gone from oh that was a great Star Trek movie, and it just feels like as as time has passed, it's like that's really good. Um, but not as great as I want it to be or as I feel like other people kind of connect with it on a deeper level. Um, it, to some level, even introducing kind of Kirk's racism 
or speciesism, they almost overplay that hand where he's like, let them die, where he says something that almost feels so stated so strong that it, it it's overplayed to some extent uh, that I don't think we've ever heard him say, like, let a whole species die. They're monsters and animals. Well, that's that's really strong, especially as a closing point for 25 years of this character. Um, very strong movie, very strong conclusion. Just there's certain things to it that, especially as time has passed, haven't sit as well with me. Return of the Jedi, I've never been anti-Ewok. Um, totally agree about the first act feeling off. Like it's kind of like a middle movie, mini movie, mm-hmm. tacked onto the beginning of this. Like, oh yeah, how are we going to get Han Solo back? Well, we'll tell this little story real quick and then we'll get to our actual movie. But I don't have the other, like actual specific problems you had with it. I didn't necessarily have those issues with it. It just felt as a first act tacked onto a different movie. Um, and for the same reason that uh, I went with Wrath of Khan with just so many powerful, emotional, impactful moments that just resonated. Return of the Jedi has those ones for me of just with uh, certainly Luke Vader and Palpatine or, or the Emperor just in there. So many great, powerful moments, uh, even kind of letting Lando get to have a story of redemption. And um, the final space battle at the end of that movie, I think, is the best space battle ever yeah. filmed. And the model work is just phenomenal. And just the shots are so good um, that, um, and and that's one of the reasons I like Rogue One so much is that it felt reminiscent the way the shots Mm -hmm. were done and the flying around the ships and uh, crashing into each other. So like it reminded me so much of Return of the Jedi is why I liked it. Um, So I I just kind of have to go with Return of the Jedi because that, I loved the third act and the powerful moments, emotional moments, emotional resonance in it and bring it to a conclusion of the story. It's got some problems, but the high notes are just so high for me. What about you, uh, Josh? Yeah, this is, it's not that tough one, but I, I love both of these movies so much. Uh, I, I agree that I think um, Voyage Home, not the Voyage Home, uh, Undiscovered Country is a vastly underrated Star Trek movie. It's got some of my favorite moments of any of the Star Trek films. Uh, it's, there's this one scene that's kind of a quiet moment that gets forgotten where uh, they, they've rescued Kirk and McCoy from uh, Ropente, the prison planet. And, and uh, Kirk comes to Spock's room and Spock's kind of meditating in the dark. And, and they, they're just talking over each other about their own prejudices and they're sort of coming to to realize how wrong they've been. And Spock has this moment where he goes, is, is it possible that we too, you and I, have grown so old and inflexible that we have outlived our usefulness? And it's it's such a wonderfully active moment, it's so <coughs> subtle. Uh, and, and that's, it, it, it's such a great way to to cap these characters, which you know was originally intended to be kind of a final film for these characters. Um, and it works so well. And, and there are a lot of great movies. Christopher Plummer's fantastic. Um, but Return of the Jedi was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. Um, I actually worked backwards with the original trilogy. Um, and I asked my dad, I was like, why does it say episode six? He goes, oh, it's just to make you think you've missed some stuff. Don't worry about it. And then I found out, oh, there was a five and a four. And, um, but Return of the Jedi, the, for me, it has the most important moment in the entire Star Wars saga, which is when Luke goes over to the dark side. He's sitting there and they've been fighting and he's sort of hidden 
and Vader realizes that Leia is his sister or that he has a sister. And he goes this, you know, if, if you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. And that's it. That's the trigger that Luke, he says, no. And he comes out and he fights and he eventually chops off oh, his father's hand um, in a very, way that's very reminiscent, of course, of him getting his own hand cut off. But it's also, especially now after the prequels, it shows the family's sort of fatal flaw is that they love love each other so much that they're willing to do whatever it takes to protect them. So Luke goes 100% over to the dark side. And, really? And I never felt like he went a hundred. I, th- I don't know I, if I, I agree with that. Because, because I think that's, that's what he has. And, and cause he keeps me, tempting him. The emperor keeps tempting him. Come, come, come. And he's like, no, never. I never will. Because, because he, he knocks down Vader and Vader's on the ground and he keeps hacking away at his hand until he, he chops it off. And it's, and then he eventually realizes what he's done and throws the lightsaber away. And that's, to me, the, huh, the whole, if you start at the beginning and you look at the, the prophecy of the one who will bring balance, Vader's, you know, Anakin's the one who will bring balance because he eventually, he, he wipes out all the Jedi, he wipes out all the Sith, and he leaves Luke, who's experienced both sides. Um, and so Luke is the fulfillment of that prophecy and that he was a Jedi who's then gone over to the dark side and has rejected it, not, not out of some order of, you know, these are the rules we have to follow because he's seen it and felt it and chose a different path. Interesting. Um, so that's the key moment in the Star Wars saga for me. Um, and, and it was made all the better by the prequels. But even before that, that's, that's the moment that just rips my heart out to see this sort of innocent farm boy who uh, gets swept up in greater things and learns he has this power uh, to then experience, experience the dark side mm-hmm. And that's why that's why Palpatine goes. You like your father are now mine, because he, he thinks, okay, Luke's gone over to the dark side. I've won, but then Luke rejects that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know that moment alone sells Return of the Jedi for me. But but I love the rest of it too. I love even in the beginning, Luke jumping off the platform and flipping and catching his lightsaber. It's so cool and so fun. Uh, so yeah, it's Return of the Jedi. All right. Well, I'll throw on Discover Country a vote just so it gets a vote. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, we did get some really good discussion going on in the chat room. Uh, I'll just read one. Uh, they says, love so much about Jedi. It was the first Star Wars movie I saw. This is from Tom in the theater at age three, but undiscovered country is better. Again, Trek wins in this case because it makes me feel good about being human. So there you go. And, uh, and then Tom Cable says Jedi for the vote. In my opinion, love the fury, the furry Ewoks. I even named my cat that, uh, that looks like one. So there you All go. Right. Yeah. So this one, Return of the Jedi, 90%. So I, I have to wonder if a lot, I, I feel like a lot of people haven't seen Undiscovered Country. That's uh, probably true. Actually, uh, I don't know. It's really good. People should see it. it I, was, really good. I was so entertained by it. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's where I feel like most people, if you're not a Star Trek fan, it, you just haven't seen any of the old films. If maybe you're of a, Khan, if you're young enough, May, yeah, maybe Wrath of Khan. Um, but that's like my wife, you know, when I met her, um, she hadn't seen any of them, like no clue. Yeah. And so whenever we I had until this year, right. And, and they, they're just kind of movies that they have that perception of they're just for the Star Trek fans. And I think that's a real shame. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, last one. This has been so fun. I really enjoyed this. Uh, okay, so this one is going to be interesting. So we got The Force Awakens versus the 2009 Star Trek uh, reboot. And I love The Force Awakens so much. I just think it is... I 
I know this is controversial opinion, but I think because because up until this, as far as entertainment, my favorite Star Wars movie was New Hope. I know I recognize that that Empire Strikes Back is the best made Star Wars movie, but as far as just pure like making me want to cheer and just it was always New Hope, and uh, and so for me, Force Awakens actually took a lot of these things that I loved about New Hope, and I think it executed it even better. And like I said, I know it's very controversial, but that's just how I feel. I loved. I personally loved Ray as a character. I love Finn. This idea of sort of a, a stormtrooper rebelling, I think, is is really cool and interesting. I, I think visually it's really cool. Like you get the scene with like the bloody hand on the helmet is super cool. Like right from the beginning, you're immersed. I really like Kylo as a character because I think he is a true apprentice, which we never saw in Vader. Like supposedly Vader was was like third in charge, and you never felt that way at all. So I think it's interesting to see this guy who's who's like a big baby, but I like that about him because he's trying, he's trying and failing to be something that he's, you know, that he's not. And that's what Han tells him, you know, he says, he's just using you. He's just, you know, and, and I mean, the emotional scene when Han is killed, it's just, I was done. I was a wreck. BB-8, clearly I love BB-8 so much. Favorite character in the movie. I love BB-8. And I don't know, I just, I recognize they shouldn't have done Starkiller base. That's, that was you know, one too many times to that well. I, I think they shouldn't have just like been taking out planets like ping pong balls. I didn't like that. Um, <laughs> so there's things I didn't like, but overall I was so entertained by it. And, and I know that Sean and I disagree on this, but I think it has the best lightsaber fights of any Star Wars film. Because to me, it felt like a real like rod of fire. It felt hot. It felt visceral. It felt earthy. And that was exciting to me. And the way that the star, the, the lightsaber fight it moves around trees and rocks and it's not just in like a, a big building. And cause the, the prequels to me, they feel very choreographed in the, in the fights. They're flipping and leaping and, and uh, where this to me was more entertaining. So that's my spiel on force awakens. I love it. And uh 2009 star Trek, I think is, is, basically perfectly cast i like i i really like all of the people they got for all the roles uh the the thing that to me makes it less than force awakens is i just think eric banna is very forgettable and uh, as the the bad guy in it i guess and what his i can't even hardly remember what his plan is but it's very entertaining it's a lot of fun but i'm going with force awakens so uh sean what about you uh it's a it's a tough one because they're they're both jj abrams affide versions of franchises that i love and i love these two franchises i love jj abrams uh, i don't know and so i just in my brain i very much take him doing star trek and i just put it kind of in its own category and i take him doing star wars and i put it in its own category and i go if this is just like a star wars knockoff this force awakens how would i think of it well, I really enjoy this movie. Do I have some problems with uh, rehashing plot points, another Death Star, some of the way stories out? Yes, but did I have a lot of fun with it? Yes. Over here to Star Trek, J.J. Abramsified, did he inject this thing with some energy that's going to bring in some new fans? Absolutely. He Did he provide a movie that I thought was a lot of fun to watch, was just a great roller coaster ride to be on? Yes. Does it 
totally miss a whole bunch of the key elements that made Star Trek Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not present at all. See, I have a question, <laughs> though, about this. This they, I hear people say this, but to me, Star Trek has been so many different things. I mean, you've got you've got whales, saving whales, and kind of madcap humor in one, and you've got... I. And then you've got, yeah, but the the vast majority of Star Trek is the television series. This the yeah. mini yeah. television series. It's ninety nine percent in terms of hours television. Yeah, that's and a tiny percentage of his movies. And and even Gene Roddenberry didn't like the movies. He considered right. them a separate thing from the show. So the core of what Star Trek is is encapsulated in the show. Okay, and, and this just feels so different than the show, I guess. Right. In. So I'd even be much more Star Trek Next Generation it with came to I just gonna sit down and watch one of these shows, I'd go next generation. But that was a series that came twenty years later, certainly felt more advanced much more advanced than the original series. And still at the heart of it was like every episode had some sort of interesting moral, ethical dilemma of what do we do with this group of people to resolve a problem? And it just very much there's a theme to it that's not just dealing with daddy issues, mm-hmm. which new Star Trek is dealing with daddy issues, which makes for sci-fi movies I really enjoy and emotionally resonate as a human being with daddy issues. But it's not its not the thing that's at the core of when I think Star Trek. Um, just very much the kind of the soul of Star Trek is missing, and it's replaced with an energy drink run by J.J. Abrams, which means I love the ride. Um, so it, all, all these two things to say, uh, if I have to pick between the two of them, pick one of the other, I would go Star Trek 2009. But I'm very much saying it's its own separate thing. Oh, that's uh, right. I didn't I, think you were going to say that. I thought you were yeah. going to say Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I like both of them for kind of in the same category. Okay. And some of it, it just has to do with um, specifically Star Trek 2009, when it came out, certain things kind of going on in my life. I got to go mm-hmm. see it like a month before it came out in an advanced screening. Okay. Um, got a cool club. I was supposed to have this is my Rogue One special cup that I got at a Alamo Draft House showing I went to last night. But I have a matching cup for Star Trek 2009 from the same uh, movie theater and everything. So a special place in my life. So there's a bunch of other spe- very specific reasons that I would put uh, Star Trek 2009 over The Force Awakens. But some of it's also things we've talked about already about The Force Awakens. With I- I'm not crazy about the lightsaber duels. The third act of that movie, I don't think. Um, is as strong as it should be. Death of Han Solo isn't as powerful as I want it to be. The space battle at the end doesn't, like it feels kind of superfluous to me. Like yes. it, it does fit in the movie because they forced kind of this de- third Death Star into it. But yeah. the actual story we were telling up until they introduced the Death Star, which is like an hour into the movie, does not need a third act that has Death Star. It, it was just kind of like they unnecessarily put it in there so those things that kind of we've talked about already some of the reasons and if you look at star trek 2009 it has its uh, its own set of conveniences of the things fitting together when there's gigantic issues with it um so i very much put them in a similar categories the other thing i don't think really works in star, star trek 2009 I, I i don't think they should have had uhura and spock as a couple i don't really like that choice yeah weird yeah. choice no um, so, I will make no effort to defend that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so, uh, uh, Josh, uh, you'll be the decider on this one. This is this is tough because I have I have major issues with both movies. Um, I don't, and I, I've said before, I don't like the new Star Trek. 
uh, any of them. I don't like the idea of let's reboot it and change things just because we want to, uh, which is what the way a lot of it, let's kill Kirk's father and give him daddy issues and let's destroy Vulcan. And like, none of that works for me. Uh, there's no reason for me that they couldn't have just made it a prequel, except that people don't like prequels. But, um, so it's gotten a lot of issues. I don't like what they did with Kobayashi Maru, which I felt did not mesh at all with Wrath of Khan scene. Um, so I have, I have lots of problems. I do agree that the cast is phenomenal. They did a great job of finding, uh, finding actors who could bring new things to these characters, but still feel like they were honoring uh, the original characters. So I have lots of issues. And, and Nero, the villain, isn't entirely forgettable. But I have issues with Force Awakens too. I love Rey. I love Finn. I love their their story arc together. I can't stand Kylo Ren. Um, I don't think he's interesting as a character. I he annoys me when he's on screen. I don't like the sound of his voice with that helmet on. Um, I don't think they used Han at all well in the the new movie. Uh, I don't think his his death feels so obvious because. Harrison Ford said repeatedly that he wanted to be killed off in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, everybody knew, I, I knew it was coming. I feel like a lot of people knew it was coming. Um, it, it doesn't feel earned. You know, I never felt any connection between him and, and his son. Um, and I think a lot of the writing is kind of bad in Force Awakens. The dialogue specifically. There's, there's jokes that are too jokey. The whole, ooh, I want to try your, your bowcaster. And, and the whole bit with Finn, where he's like, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? You know, the whole look around behind you thing. It, it felt too jokey. And I, and I agree. I think the third act, the space battle portion of the third act doesn't work at all. It's no. not visually interesting and it's no. not interesting from a storytelling standpoint. The, the, so I, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was shockingly uninteresting. Yeah. Especially because like the Millennium Falcon one, that's a good sequence. And then yeah. later in the movie, I mean, just I have no in interest at all in entertainment at all out of that space battle mm -hmm. at the end. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think the the Millennium Falcon sequence when when Ray and Finn first get it is phenomenally directed and choreographed. It it works perfectly. Uh, and I thought the the X wing attack on uh, where Maz uh, that planet, which I can't think of the name of right now. Uh, you know when when uh, Poe comes back and the X wings are that's it. You know I thought that was that was well choreographed, but. Yeah, there's nothing interesting to me about Poe's action sequence in the finale. But I, I love Ray and I love Finn and I love BB-8 and I love everything about their characters and their arcs. Uh, but, I, but I have lots of issues. And I also have issues with kind of the same thing where uh, the, original, the 2009 Star Trek is sort of rewriting history. Um, I don't like that The Force Awakens is not George Lucas's vision for the film. Uh, I know people who are thrilled that it's not George Lucas's vision for the film because they hate the prequels. But to me, canon his his idea of canon is important, and uh, I'm excited to see where where these stories go. And I do enjoy the Force Awakens a lot, but uh, but it, it bothers me that it's not what he wanted. Um, so I, I'll, I'm going to pick the Force Awakens, but I have my problems with both of them. I think the better comparison would have actually been the Force Awakens to Star Trek Generations which brings uh, original series cast and, and the next generation cast together with force awakens brings the original cast with these new cast of characters together. Interesting. I, I just, to me, they're not even close, but 
but I, I guess I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying as far as a um, as far as parallels in story. I, I get that. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, that's so Force Awakens. You guys are breaking my heart there, but that's good. It's good to have different opinions. Um, <laughs> I still chose Force Awakens. Yeah, but, no, you did. But I had came through for it's, me in the end. <laughs> it's it's my it might be my least favorite Star Wars movie. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, it may be my favorite. So we're on we're on uh, opposite pages on that one. And I, I have it, it right in the middle. So there you go. <laughs> we hit all the. We places. clearly have a consensus here. Yes. Uh, so there you go. Uh, all right. So in the end, uh, we had eight pairing up, and uh, and oh, I should say the um. Uh, so, um, Force Awakens won by eighty three percent on the Twitter poll. So, you know, which is interesting. And uh, anyway, so we had eight eight matchings. Uh, we ended up with winners are Phantom Menace, uh, the Motion Picture, Revenge of the Sith, First Contact, uh, New Hope, Wrath of Khan, Turn of the Jedi, and Force Awakens are winners. And uh, so we had five wins for Star Wars and three wins for Star Trek. Pretty close. So, yeah. Objectively so. speaking, that means Star Wars is better. Yes. <laughs> so we've 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 settled it. Here, well, the the tonight. real match would have been uh, like A New Hope versus Original Trek TV series and Empire Strikes Back <laughs> versus Next Generation TV series and Return of the Jedi yeah. versus Deep Space Nine because that's really the heart of Star Trek. Yeah, that's TV fair. Series. That's fair. Uh, you know, yeah, I thought about comparing like Rebels versus, you know, we kind of have to stop somewhere, but because but there's no comparison. I mean, you got to go Star Trek wins the TV battle as much as I love Rebels. Uh, is, wins is Star Trek TV on battle. TV better than the Star Wars movies? I haven't watched that much, so I'm a bad person to ask. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, Star Trek is certainly a lot deeper. Yeah, it, it's tricky because they are kind of two such different genres. In something like the original, I, I actually either the original or prequel stories aren't stories that would lend themselves to a TV series. Whereas it's no. like epic tragedies, the hero's mm -hmm. journey. Whereas the nature of what makes Star Trek work is that it very much is something that's intentionally episodic and going to strange new worlds and discovering. That's great television, yeah. but it has its problems moving to film, which you see in J.J. Abrams having to do his own thing with it. Like, instead of going off and discovering, what if we stay at Earth for two movies? <laughs> um, and it, that would be, I guess, to Rachel, that would be another example of it not being at the heart of Star Trek when two movies to get away from Earth. That's a problem. Um, but that's where it's so difficult to compare the two things because the Star Wars movies are such a great example of what you can do with film and telling big epic stories, Star Trek, original series, next generation, deep space nine, great examples of what you can do on television. Yeah. And, and they and the, really are. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say the, the, the Star Trek movies are enjoyable, but they're all sort of tacked on to the end of what, of the real sort of meat of these characters and their ships and you know the, the the great thing about the star trek tv shows is that you could take this sort of science fiction utopia and they could they could encounter things that had a topical relevance to our lives they could encounter racism which they don't know anything about racism because there isn't any in the federation but they can encounter it uh on a on a diff different planet and it allows that it allows commentary on our lives on our world and it was it was really topical in the 60s and in the 80s with next generation they do do episodes about transgender people and uh, all sorts of things that are really and and abortion rights and cloning and all these really heady, interesting, deep issues 
that it allows sort of an outsider's perspective on and, and challenges your preconceived views. Mm-hmm. So compared to, compared to that, the movies are a lot of fun. Uh, and right. they're, they're great w- for the characters. But Star Trek was always about more than just the characters. The characters were a vehicle for examining these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and it's they really are. versus fantasy. Yeah, they, I was going to say, they really are just so different. It, 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 a lot of people think, I mean, just because they have Star in the name and they're both in space, that, that we group them together. I, we obviously did for this podcast. But in, in reality, they're, they're <laughs> very, 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 very different. So you can enjoy them both. <laughs> yes. There's room for both. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, especially in adult life, never really understood. You have to have like this one or this one. Yeah. You you don't because they (laughs) they really offer two different experiences and they both Mm -hmm. offer them in spades. So I I don't want to pick between one or the other and I don't think I should have to. Right. So uh, thanks so much for joining me on this. This was a lot of fun. I, I, I hope to do sort of more of these kind of battles uh, I think it'll be fun uh, and uh, so where can people find you Sean uh, I'm on YouTube my channel Sean Chandler talks about where I talk about movies and TV I am on Twitter as well Sean Chandler talks about I think is my or Kirk never died I believe is my name which is a reference <laughs> to Star Trek generations um, as well as on Facebook a page for my YouTube channel would be Sean Chandler talks about as well Sweet. I have, and I'll have links uh, for all these, uh, for all of your content. Um, and I, I have to add uh, Josh's because uh, it was kind of more last minute. But um, Josh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on, at thelovepirate.net or I'm on Twitter at lovepirate77. Um, I'm not updating my blog as, as frequently as I should, but I've written a lot about Star Trek and Star Wars on there. So you can go search for that. Uh, yeah. Big long defense of the prequels if you want to get angry. Read that, uh, and lots of Star Trek articles too. Great, well, great. I'm so uh, yeah, definitely check out his blog. It's really, really, really good. And uh, so you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on Twitter and other social media, and uh, here at Rachel's Reviews on YouTube. And uh, my blog is 54 Disney Reviews on there. So uh, this was so much fun, and uh, and I look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah. Thank you much. It was a lot of fun.